Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. Welcome to this issue of the Consciouspreneur. Um, today, we are speaking with Jen Jones. Jen is a realtor, author, speaker, and an entrepreneur. She has been an entrepreneur for over 20 years and has successfully sealed businesses by building deep, meaningful relationships with her clients that inspire repeat business and referrals. She lives by the motto, go deep, not wide. She's recently wrote, uh, excuse me, this is going to be a tongue twister for me, intropreneurs. And, and Jen, you can help me with the <laughs> the yeah. uh, pronunciation of that. So the intropreneur strategies for building a business as an introvert entrepreneur. Jen, thank you so much for setting aside time for this conversation today. Yeah, I'm really excited. And it is intropreneur. So okay, once you don't think about it and just say it just like consciouspreneur, it, it flows right off your tongue. <laughs> it, it does. And I appreciate that that reminder. Even my husband, when uh, we're talking about the consciouspreneur, he's like, you need to find another word. I can't say that one very well. <laughs> so before we dig into your experience and, and, and guidance for those of us who consider ourselves to be introverts, we'd love to learn a little bit more about you. What, what is your story of moving into the entrepreneur space? You've been here for a while. Were you always an entrepreneur at heart? Did you have to make a shift? What was that like for you? Yeah, so... It's interesting you say that because the first thing that pops into my head is because you said, you know, have you always been an entrepreneur? And I can't think of like, you know, I've always wanted to do like lemonade stands when I was younger and different things like that. But what stands out is I was like an Avon rep in my early 20s, which like blows my mind that that would be something that I would do. But that was something that I did. And there was always an opportunity to, you know, build my own flexibility with my time and money. And that's always been in the forefront. I also went to school. So it was one of those things where it was like, well, you should be doing something with your degree. And I, you know, worked full time And then it got to the point where I was like, ooh, we need to sell our house and get a bigger house. We're starting a family. This house is too small. It was a two bedroom and we're going to, you know, quickly grow out of it. So I sold my own house. So why not become a realtor? Right. Yeah. Because it was so easy. Sure. Just step into that. (laughs) And it wasn't easy. So I started my real estate career in 2004. And, you know, I was doing all the things that people were telling me to do. And then there were things that people were telling me that I should be doing. And I was like, I ain't doing that. I'm not picking up a phone and cold calling anyone. That's not happening. And so I actually came across Brian Buffini, who does a lot of real estate coaching. And he's a big proponent of, you know, building the relationships. I'm like, oh, well, this is me. Like, this is what what I do already. So why don't I just keep this going? And so it took me a few tries to get it right and, or get it right for a minute because then the market crashed. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, so it's been this, you know, course of up and downs, but ultimately I really like to 
meet people. I like to bring people together, which people are like, well, how are you an introvert? I actually had someone yesterday, it was yesterday or the day before, they were like, I just don't see you as an introvert. And I'm like, you're not the only one because I have built the skills to be out there to actually build the relationships where a lot of introverts or extroverts think of an introvert as being very quiet and shy. And that's not always the case. So I really describe an introvert as somebody somebody who likes to have alone time and actually gets most of their energy from doing that. I mean, I have small groups that I love and I get lots of energy from. Sure. But in the end, being alone is is definitely where where it is. And I didn't realize that until 2020 when I was like, really? geez, a lot of people, you know, I know a lot of people that have come to me have said, you know, I hate networking. I don't network like everybody else. You know, I just don't want to be here and all these things that I didn't put two and two together until months later that I was talking to introverts. And I always considered myself an ambivert. But in the end, I'm an introvert. I I really love my alone time. And so that's where it all began was I started Connect and Elevate to bring people together to connect, to elevate. And it turned into a book that I wrote last year called Intropreneur that launched in January 2020. And just the feedback has been mind-blowing. Before we get to the book, because we're, we're definitely going to get into the, the contents of the book, but before we go there, talk to me a little bit about your um, becoming aware of yourself as an introvert and what difference did that make to you in your business and your relationships and, and your life? Yeah, so I really didn't identify as an introvert until more, more recently because I always thought as an if introverts just aren't successful. And if you're an introvert, how are you going to even be successful in business? You know, everyone out there is, you know, almost being an introvert is a weakness. And I was just, you know, I don't know, two or three weeks ago in a breakout room with someone who said that she was a recovering introvert. And I was like, interesting. That was the first time I like had heard that. And I haven't really gone back to ask that person what they had meant by it. Mm -hmm. It just proves my point that, you know, being an introvert is looked at as very negative thing. And so I always consider myself as an ambivert. And when I, when I finally realized that I was an introvert and I was able to build this real estate business to a very successful place, I was like, I can help other people do this because I see people struggling with shiny object syndrome, which I am definitely guilty of, but also just, you know, trying to be successful through extroverted ways and not that they're wrong. But if you're not aligned with yourself and your true self and your true introverted self, then, you know, in the end, you're going to burn yourself out. I've done it. I've done it again. (laughs) I've done it again. And I, so I'm not perfect at it. Sure. But I do think that once we're more aware of who we are and our energy and what we are here to do, it makes all the difference. Absolutely. 
getting that alignment with who we are and what we're here to do, I think is the critical piece. Like you can, you can start your business and you can even get out there and you can even be successful with your business, but I don't think you're ever going to feel that, that sense of flow and ease with your business until you know why you're here, who you are and why you're here. Right. Cause up until that point, I feel like you're always going to be fighting against something. And in this case, you're fighting against yourself. Right. Which you look at it and you're like, you gotta be kidding me. Right. <laughs> even when it happens to me, I'm like, oh, damn it. I did it again. Agreed. Agreed. But, you know, and again, I think that one of the things that keeps us from really knowing who we are is that we're always just living by who we're told that we should be. And, and wanting to live up to those expectations, whether that's really who we want to be or not. Exactly. Um, and, and being willing to even question those expectations opens the door to, okay, who else could I be? If I really want to get into this space where I am flowing with my business, right? I'm not, there's, there's no sense of force necessary. It's just really where, uh, you know, what's happening now, what wants to emerge out of here? How do I go with that rather than trying to force things to happen? Yeah. And all I can think about is, you know, we talk about hustle and grind and how we should be hustling and grinding. And even, you know, as, as conscious entrepreneurs, we're supposed to already know how to do that. Right. Because we're identifying as that. But we have a lot of conditioning in ourselves that makes that a little bit more difficult if we're not listening to our intuition, if we're not listening to our bodies, and we're just listening to our mind because, man, that's a rabbit hole to go down. But the hustle and grind, if we get stuck in that because that's what we're supposed to be doing and that's what everyone else is doing – it's a sure sign of, you know, burnout is right around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. So would you be comfortable describing one of your burnout experiences and what you've learned from that? One of them, sure. Yeah, so there's one. Some, yeah, there's just, you know, there's, there's a couple. So <laughs> there have been, and I'll do two, but I won't drag them out. They're about the same, same thing is that, I keep going, keep going, keep going. And it feels really good because I love adrenaline. So I get into that and I'm grooving and I'm getting it done. And next thing you know, I'm exhausted. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll just take, you know, a couple of hours in the morning and I'll maybe go back to sleep and take a nap, or maybe I'll take a bath. And those things aren't working. And I'm still exhausted. And I, you know, have to do what I have to do because I have a whole big list of things that I need to do on my to-do list, of course. That's right. And so I just keep going until you end up, or I ended up a couple years ago, it might even be three years ago now, um, on the bathroom floor crying, trying to figure out how am I going to get through the day because I was exhausted. I didn't have enough family time. I was, you know, my daughter was going through a lot and I could not be there to support, or I felt as though I was not there to support her in a way that I should be supporting her because I was so engrossed in my business and getting things done. My husband has been so amazing where he will remind me 
when he sees that I am like working too much and he did mention it, but I was like, Oh, fine. fine." I I can do it. And then it took me, I want to say it was like six to eight weeks to fully recover from that. And maybe I didn't even fully recover because then I feel like COVID happened and it was just spiral, you know, downward that, you know, fall. So it might not have been a full, even full recovery, but it was, you know, it was a mental breakdown. It was, I was exhausted. I was tired. I was crying all the time. It was, that also happened this fall Mm -hmm. where I was just like crying all the time and in everything that I thought I was doing to gain back my energy wasn't working. And I do talk about that in the book is that there are just things sometimes that don't work anymore. And just being aware of that, because then if you keep trying to do it, and you're not gaining back the energy that you need for yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, you're not going to get anywhere, if not worse. So that was an opportunity to find awareness of my energy, which then it what came full circle was this energy toolkit and it's ever evolving. I think that we're evolving quicker now than even three or five years ago. So what brings us energy today may not bring us energy a month from now. And I'm finding I'm in a place now where I'm like, damn, I'm trying to like, you know, take some time by myself and do some things that bring back energy. And it's like not quite working. So what, what is it? I'm just hoping that some more sunlight and warmth right now will be very helpful. (laughs) Yes, I'm with you on that too. Um, Sunshine and and being outdoors can really do a lot of healing for us. Healing, yes, that's exactly what I was. Was it? Yep. (laughs) So, uh, so thank you first of all for for sharing and and being vulnerable to share the these uh, two stories of of yours. And, and one of the things that I'm hearing you say is that, particularly in the story about last fall, is that you were doing some of those things that you've done for yourself in the past to bring back your energy, and now it's not working. Um, and what I hear in that, and, and I know I'm guilty of this too, I find something that works, and then I just want that to work for me for the rest of my life. Like, I don't have to figure this out again. <laughs> Let me put that in the, I figure that out column so I can go back to the other stuff I haven't figured out yet, right? But what I'm hearing from you is, again, we're, we're evolving, we're changing. And so what filled your bucket or your soul in the past may not be filling it in the same way now. Um, so, so talk to me a little bit, then it sounds like in your book, you talk about how to refill your energy. Because you've also, in your stories, mentioned, I have to-do list. I have my business that I want to do. I have my daughter that I want to be, that I want to show up for. I have a spouse. I have a husband that I want to show up for. That There's a lot on our plates. So how do we do that and maintain our energy? Whew, that's a deep question. But yeah, so... I have something called like the daily energy evaluation tool where when we're being more aware of our energy on a day-to-day basis, we can be better better aware of when and what depletes our energy. And when we go about our life and we're just not paying attention, but we're like exhausted by the end of the day and go, what did I do today? And, you know, and you can't really remember exactly what was it or was it the whole day? It must've just been a crap day. It's more about, you know, every hour, even if you just 
sat quietly to take three breaths and say, how am I feeling? Let's rate it one to five. How am I feeling? Am I feeling really good? Am I feeling like I've depleted some energy? Depending on what you've done in your day, for me, my biggest culprit is doing back-to-back-to-back things. I seem to do that to myself more often And I'm so aware of it now that I'm almost afraid to do too many things in a day. So now I have, I only do two to three things in a day and I try to stick to two because I feel like if I get out of control, because I get excited about things and I book a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of stuff. And then I'm like, why did I just do that? So being aware of your energy and just take, it's just like if you had tasks that you wanted to delegate. You go through a week's worth of work and every time you thought of something or you're doing something that you don't want to do anymore and you can delegate it, it's really just being aware of how you're feeling, what you're doing at that time to be able to see patterns, be able, which is mine is you know, not leaving enough white space and really being able to figure out what does bring you energy. So I thought backs brought me energy. Instead, what it does is it actually grounds me. So it's not that it brings me energy, but it gets me into a place where I'm quiet. I don't have a whole bunch of stuff. I can't do very much in the bathtub. I can have my phone, but I choose to put on like sound bowls or something that, you know, I don't, doesn't take a lot of brain power. Because when I was doing it and I was watching like a webinar or I say webinar, but like a training or something, or I was listening to something, it was taking energy away from me. And I was like, bath time like this. So it might not be the actual activity. It might be what you're doing with that activity. So baths really ground me if I'm listening to like sound bowls and not a training of some sort, because I like to be efficient. So I'm going to do something. I should do two, three things, at, three things at the same time. But realizing that it's really grounding for me and I have a better day when I'm able to do that. Not every day, but you know, a couple times a week to really just get present in the moment because it almost makes me. And maybe I've trained my body to like, that's where it goes. But so that's something that the daily evaluation brings me full circle and has bring other brought other people full circle to look at what is working for them, what is not, and what maybe it's time of day. Maybe you have more energy during this time in the morning, but instead you're planning stuff after lunchtime and you're trying to figure out like you're, you're tired and you're doing high energy work and you're really exhausted. So it could be just that little bit of a tweak where you're moving those things to the morning hours where you're more productive, you have more energy. And then by the afternoon, you're not depleted. Right. I could go on and on about energy. Yeah. So I'll, I'll okay. stop there. Yeah, let's, let, let's uh, talk about some of the things you, you, you brought up here. And, and one of the first things that um, struck my question was, you know, being in the bath and doing trainings, right? This whole idea about multitasking. And so I wanted to come back to one of the other things that you were talking about, right? We all have our to-do list. This is what we have to do. And I think we're telling ourselves, this is what I have to have done today, right? In order for me to have a good day, this has to happen. And I don't know about you, but if I look at my to-do list, I've got mine here for my week, right? Um, 
there's things on this list that depend on other people or situations outside of me that I'm, I may not have as much control over as I think I do. Like I can show up under what I have control over, but I can't control everything. And so I, I think that th- there's this idea of, of multitasking. Like if I can do this while I'm doing do this while I'm on a networking call, right? It's just on screen, it's on mute, I can do something else. I think that that just keeps our our minds going crazy. Our minds love, I think, to go crazy on thoughts. Give get a, a problem to solve. Um, and it will work on that forever, even if it's an, a, a, slu- a problem that cannot be solved. Was, or they call those conas, right? <laughs> where, where it literally cannot be solved, and yet the mind is going to, to struggle with it uh, to solve it. And so when we're creating our spaces, what is it that I'm going to do? What are my priorities today? I think multitasking is the first practice that we've got to let go of. We've got to give ourselves permission to let go of multitasking. Because as you said in your example with the bath, your purpose of that was to be grounded and, and to connect, reconnect back to who you are so that when you emerge from that bath and you're back into your workspace, now you are a more, I, was, I don't want to repeat that word grounded, but you're centered. Present, right? yeah. Present. Present, yep. Yeah, exactly. And when we're not present, then our minds are all over the place, right? I've got to do this over here, that over there. Oh my gosh, I forgot about this. And then stories come into place like, oh gosh, you know, I remember when I said such and such a so-and-so and I bet they felt bad about that. And I really should get back to them because I don't want them to feel, you know, it's just that, that ongoing chatter and we can either go back into the past and start ruminating on things, or we can go into the future and say, oh my gosh, like if I don't get this done now, then my whole future is going to, my whole business is going to fall apart. Oh, and my- Right. And, and rarely is it a, a, a dual situation, right? There's gray areas all over the place. So I, I think the first thing to, that we can do is to look at where are we trying to multitask and where can we give ourselves permission just to be with one task at a time and make ourselves the first being that we attend to. Yeah. You know, it happened, and honestly, I didn't realize I was even trying to multitask until I realized, obviously. Right, right. But I had someone mention to me, because I was working out, watching TV, and I don't know how it came up, but she's like, well, have you thought about not watching TV and just working out? So I was on my, like, mini stepper, and I'm like, that sounds terrible. Who would do that? Like, yeah. Who would do that? <laughs> <laughs> I knew I liked you, you know, do that, right? And so of course my, I'm like, well, I mean, I have to at least try it once. Yes. Right. And I did. And I tell you, I was so present in that moment that I, I actually could feel my muscles working. And not only did I burn more calories according to my watch, but my heart rate was better, like higher than if I was watching TV. So with that being said, <laughs> that is some, who would have thought, right? Because right. we're almost trained that you hop on the treadmill and you watch TV. That's right. You know, I, is it the same on a treadmill? I don't know. But right, on the right. stepper, what I realized is that I was not doing one thing in the present moment. And it was just, it was so eye-opening for a symbol of like so many things in my life. That I was like, oh, hmm, 
should be looking at some other things too. Right. The phrase that comes to mind is be where your feet are. And I will often remind myself of that. I will, you know, sometimes if my clients are texting me about something, I'll remind them, just be where your feet are. Like, that's where you need to be right now. And I know that feels good, but I also, I mean, I need to be reminded of this as well, right? We all get caught up in the stories in our head because they're very engaging, right? We have wonderful playwrights in our head that are creating all of this drama for us. Yeah. (laughs) And it depletes our energy. So, so give me another topic within your book, the, the intropreneur. Um, what else do you help the intropreneur resolve or see differently? Yeah, I think that there's a lot more, but what I'm going to pull out is just coming to me is really identifying your master connectors. So this does go back to, you know, go deep, not wide. And that's, you know, in relation to your relationships with people is that these surface relationships really, you know, really don't give back to our souls. I feel as though the ones that give back to our souls are the ones that are these deep relationships. And I don't mean you have to be with this person all the time, but you care about more than just the surface. Like, how are you? What are you doing? That kind of thing where you're, trying to connect on another level where maybe you're asking what their hobbies are. Maybe you're asking about their family. Like I connect with people who have teenagers because I got two of them myself. And that has been something that I've connected with a lot of people or I have a younger one. So kids have been a huge connector and it's not just about business. It's really getting into the people that you have in your circle, looking at those master connectors as the people that you want to give the most time to the most value to, because they're the ones who are going to stand on the mountaintop and shout, whatever you have going on, they're going to be the ones to tag you in a Facebook post. They're going to be ones who connect you with somebody else, but just also know that those are the people who you also want to be connecting with other people. So the master connector sort of what I imagine these days and someone had brought it to my attention because my logo is an infinity symbol. And it's almost as if the master connectors, it's sort of this give and take, but I call it a win, 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 where we're circling through this infinity symbol between people and between other people. So it's this really beautiful flow of energy where we are all here to help each other. You know, some, some of those master connectors are business owners. Some of them may not be, but we're always giving and receiving, giving and receiving in what you were talking about, this like flow and ease in our business. And it feels really good when the flow is happening and you're like, oh, right. It does. Yeah. It feels good to have something. Um, basically it's growing. It's growing outside of you. Like you're, I feel like a farmer, right? I'm tending to the business and, and giving it the the fertile soil that it needs and the sunlight and all of that. Um, In networking, it sounds like the first thing that popped in my head is as you were describing that is, you know, sometimes there are people in our group that we need to let go of. Like they're, they're not our they're not the ones that are, are singing our, our song at the top of the, the mountains for us. Um, you know, they're, they're often probably taking from us. 
because we have something that, that feels good to them, right? But any any thoughts or, or, or stories you have maybe about letting go of, of contacts that just aren't moving you or your business forward? All right, Mary. So one of my themes for this year is let it go. Okay. My husband... My husband's been singing the song. My friends have been telling me, so it's sort of coming in. I love it. And I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna take this two different ways. One is there are relationships in your personal life that are draining your energy. So if you feel as though that that is the case, and these are people that you need to let go of, it's really it it's a personal choice, and you need to do what feels right to you. But if you're getting depleted by one or two people or a group or whatever it is, and for whatever reason, you don't even need to have a good reason. If it doesn't feel good, that's good enough. If exactly. If it isn't working for you, it's good enough. And it can be hard. I will tell you. It is a process. And so just make sure that you're giving yourself grace, love, and compassion as you do this both personally and in your business, because you deserve it. You are good enough just the way that you are in letting go of people who really are what you said, like taking more than they're giving. And I don't, I don't see it as like a, an even exchange. It's more of a, um, I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but it's just a, a feeling that you know that you're there for that person and vice versa for whatever whatever is going on in, in either of your lives. So that's for the personal side. And I did have to release a relationship. And what I would say in, in this part is when you do decide to release, release with love, 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 not out of anger, not out of sadness, but out of love. And that can take a little time to get to. So give yourself a little bit of space to do that. And when it comes to business, you know, for me, business and personal are really entangled. So I don't necessarily think I have one or the other, but in business, it can be a little bit harder because if that person is a client, which, you know, you have to let go of clients who are depleting your energy, it's just not working out. And then there are people who maybe got into your circle and they're not fertilizing, but may, I, I'm not even going to use what I just thought of, but I'm like <laughs> peeing everywhere. Just, you know, kind of like mucking up like the space it's time to let go. So it's a matter of sitting quietly with yourself, being present and asking yourself, is it this person? Is it the situation or is it something else? And most of the time it's, it's a certain person, especially if you're in relationship with someone who is, I'm going to use the word toxic. I know that that is kind of an extreme word, but if that is something that's going on, it definitely depletes your energy. Yeah. And I, I think it's important that we talk about these kind of what we can let go, because I think we need to give ourselves permission sometimes to let go of 
in this case, we're talking about people or relationships because I think so much of the story is, well, if there's a relationship, then then you need to continue to nurture this and be a part of it. And, and that's just not the case. Uh, in fact, this morning we were talking about this topic on one of my networking uh, groups. And, you know, we were, we were saying that there are some people that are here for a season. Some people are here for a reason. And some people, I, I don't know the whole quote, right? But some people are here for a lifetime. And, you know, when I think about the relationships that I've let go of, it, it was, they, they were seasonal people. And they were people that um, I needed and, and grew with and from at the time that we had our relationship together. And when that ended or, you know, that, that faded out, cause usually it's, it's not very dramatic, right? It's just kind of like, Oh, I noticed I'm not talking to this person anymore. They're not talking to me. Is this something that I want to re, re reconnect with? And so honestly, that's kind of my biggest um, example right now is that the, there have been relationships where they just kind of faded out. And then I, rather than just instinctually saying, oh, well, this person was important to me at one point, so now I have to go back and I'm obligated, right, to reignite right. this relationship. It's yeah. like, no, I really don't. If that person would ever come back to me, I'm, again, the grace and that compassion. Um, that's a very different letting go than feeling resentful towards this person. So just giving yourself permission to let go of those relationships that just aren't bringing you joy. And, um, and, and in fact, a lot of my, uh, several of my clients, one of their biggest hangups in business was their primary relationship with their spouse. And, and that relationship was just taking so much from them that they literally had nothing left to give back to their business. And so those were some of the things that, that we, and, and obviously that's a very delicate conversation. It can go either way. And, and as a coach, I have no preference on how the, the client chooses, what choices they, they, they make. I, I want to support them with whatever client or choice they make. But just, again, I want the listener to hear that even if the relationship that, that you might want to consider is your very personal closest relationship, you can still look at that through the lens of love. Is this still bringing me joy? Is it not bringing me joy? And if it's not, how can I intentionally and gracefully and with compassion uncouple from this person? That's a whole nother conversation, but, um, yep. <laughs> but, but I think again, you're right. It, it, it comes back to giving ourselves permission to be, connected to the people that are, are bringing us the most joy and letting go of those that do not. Yeah. And I feel like right now, I don't know what's been going on, but it has been a season of these like quantum leaps. So I almost feel like some people grow with you and some people don't. And that has been really difficult to acknowledge and say, okay, this isn't working for me anymore. And, and that's, that's okay. Absolutely. Okay. So we've talked about a couple of big things in terms of, of our energy, right? How we are caring for ourselves, being present, um, being, paying attention to our relationships. Is there maybe one more topic that you find come back to more often than not when it comes to how do we replenish our energy? Oh, well, replenishing our energy. So I'll tell a quick story and then we can wrap it up from there. So last January, 
I was homeschooling. I had my real estate business. I had started a Facebook um, group and a membership and all this stuff. And I realized, here's another burnout example. I realized that I was doing all these things and holy crap, like I'm, I'm starting to burn out because I get excited. I get excited about a lot of things. I do so too. that's where, that's where, you know, I have to really pay attention to my energy. And in that moment, I was like, I, I caught it just in time to really realize I need a month off. I need a month off from everybody. I'm just going to yeah. go away for a month and no one bothers me because that's what's going to help. Yes. And as we wait, as we wait. Okay, so that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Wishful thinking. Wishful exactly. Thinking. Exactly. And what I realized is that in that moment, I was just so done with everybody needing something from me, whether it was business or personal. And it was to the point where I thought that being away for a month would fix that. I have not been away a month, so I don't know if it would have, but it <laughs> felt like long enough to make it work. Right, right, but right. What I realized over the next couple of months was the feeling that I wanted during that time by myself. And it was, I want the feeling of not being responsible for everybody else and feeling so depleted because I've given to myself and other people and now I have nothing else to give. And it was in that moment, a couple months later, where I decided that going away for a day, like to an Airbnb, actually, I think I did it for a weekend. And I was going to bring in those feelings and bring in what I wanted that month to look like, where I could just work out if I wanted to, do meditation when I wanted to take a nap if I wanted to, whatever I wanted to do, that's what I was going to do. And I wouldn't say I got a hundred percent back to where I was, but the rejuvenation with such huge intentions going into that weekend was really good. What I have to say is, see, this goes, I think I'm finding a theme here. Okay. But what I did was I also wanted to get a little bit of work stuff done. So I brought a little bit of work stuff with me. And when I did that, that's where I feel like instead of getting to that 100%, I got to 70% because I put some expectation on getting some things done, sort of that productivity. I think if I didn't do that, I haven't tried it, but I think if I didn't do that, it would have been a different experience, but it was still amazing to go into that weekend with the intentions of what it would feel like to be away for a month. And how yes. that would look and how that would feel being rejuvenated. Yes, I love this story. And the first part that I really like about this story is that, so this idea of taking a month off, right? We, we, we all have these fantasies, especially in our, 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 our challenging moments of this is what I need, right? And we talk about the, the action or the doing. In this case, I want to take a month off. Now, a lot of times we're either going to just stop our conversation right there with ourselves because there's no way I can take a month off. That's just not going to happen. And so we move on. Or we, we might get caught up into the idea of taking a month off. And let's say we even plan an entire month off. And now we're, we're doing what we thought we wanted to do. And we get there and we realize, oh my gosh, I'm like super lonely here. 
Like I, 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 this isn't really what I wanted. So what I hear from you and your story is that you didn't just focus on the doing. That was just like the inspiration that got your attention and says, Oh, I'm wanting something that I don't have. What is it that I really want? What is one month off going to do for me? So then we can be intentional about how we spend our time. And the other uh, piece that I heard in your story is that you brought a little bit of work. So in a weekend where you didn't want to have any responsibilities, you're still giving yourself responsibilities. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. And what would it be like if you could even give yourself permission to not have responsibilities for a weekend or a day or an hour, whatever it is for you that you have, be willing to give yourself the same thing that, that you want other people to, to give for you. Yes. Um, because the nail on the head there, Mary, <laughs> we always, we, we tend to, and I, it makes sense, right? Logically, it makes sense. I've had the same conversation with myself. I really just want to get away from everything and everyone else. I don't want anybody making demands on me because I have this whole list of things that I want to get to, right? This is what I want to do. Now, if that's the purpose of taking the time off, then great. But if the purpose of taking the time off is to not feel that responsibility, then we got to honor our own uh, request as well. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes. This was a lovely conversation. And, and thank you for sharing the space with us today and sharing your insights and your stories. Um, it, I've learned a lot from you and I love your stories and your examples. It's, it's made what could be very theoretical, very practical for us. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And a couple of things that came up. So yeah, you know, that was the space for it to show up and hopefully lessons for someone else to take a look at themselves and what they're doing with their energy and time and friends yes. and business people and relationships. So this was really great. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So if someone feels like they are the introverted entrepreneur, how can they reach you or how can they follow you? Yes. So we have a business page on Facebook, which is not very lively, but you can check that out at Connect and Elevate. And we have a website, connectandelevate.com, where you can schedule a time to chat with me or take a look at some of the free offers that we have. In addition to having a book study come up in a couple weeks that if you're looking to get down and dirty with intropreneur, uh, we're going to be doing a four-week book study with myself and a few other people. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, we will make sure to have those links in the description below so that it's easier for you as a listener to, to connect with Jen. And then again, Jen, before we leave, just thank you one more time for, for sharing your stories and your time with us today. I'm very grateful. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast. We're a community. So before you go, we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high-achieving, impact-focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction, all rolled up into a community-driven, inspirational launch pad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below 
and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.